0: Hey, would you, you look at that! It's the RR Show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the RR Show. This is episode 227. My name's Andy, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey through some of the best Reddit stories that we could find. And today, we're diving into a little bit of R slash petty revenge. Because who doesn't love a bit of petty revenge? Wherever you guys and gals are listening to this, don't forget, make sure you are following. Hit that follow, hit that sub button, whatever it is, wherever you are. But make sure you do it because we're dropping episodes pretty regularly now and you don't want to be missing any. We are also dropping new and exclusive content to our YouTube channel, so make sure you head on over there and check that out after this episode. There's a petty revenge story over there about to go live. It's different to the stories on the podcast, and I present them very differently. So head on over there, take a look and see what we're doing, and then let me know what you think. But without any further toodly-doos, today we're jumping in with our first story from you slash fire 79. Former employee turns me in for fraud, enlists his father slash lawyer to push it. I had a middle management role for about 20 years. I reported to a department head who reported to the mayor. I had a small staff, typically 5 to 10 people who were mostly part time. They rotated every few years and I tried my best to make their time with me valuable. I helped them pad out their resumes, paid for training and more. Tim was initially a decent employee but quickly decided that he was. The greatest employee of all time. His overconfidence often led to mistakes or being overextended and he needed bailing out. He was good at basic tasks but had a hard time with math, grammar and interacting with adults. Part of my job was seeking federal grants for small infrastructure projects. Think adding ADA benches to nature trails and curb cuts on old sidewalks or bridges on walking paths across ditches. I would write the grants and specs. The small staff would help administer the grant. Sometimes they would do the work, sometimes they would oversee contractors. The grants were extremely clear and included matching components. Sometimes we would add cash or equipment time or staff time. Sometimes, we would have volunteer organisations match with labour. So we were doing a bridge grant and I put the employee Tim in charge. It was phase 3 of 3 and we had a lot of experience. There were 21 bridges we were replacing in batches of 7. Tim just had to keep the process going with volunteer match labour hours. The process was practically automatic. All he had to do was show up with materials and stay out of the way. Anyway, he did an adequate job, barely. I had to keep him on track to stay in spec. We're spending money to improve water quality. He wanted to improve recreation. We sent lots of emails and texts about it. The department also used project codes to track grant spending. Each grant had a code, and it was very easy to code all the time and materials through the accounting department. The volunteers signed logs each day, and the process was pretty tidy. That fall, Tim continued to struggle with basic tasks and eventually demanded a promotion for his outstanding work. He did not meet the very clear requirements for a promotion. Government requirement, I might add through his own laziness, despite being given opportunities to become qualified. Eventually, he became intentionally negligent and put himself and others in danger. I called him into the office after an egregious incident and offered him the opportunity to resign or be fired. Resigning meant he'd be eligible for rehire in a different department. Fired means he's blacklisted from the city. He refused to resign. So I had to, I terminated him. He seemed shocked. I think he thought it was a bluff or a scare tactic. He thought he was a critical cog in the machine, but he was a thorn in my side. His dad is a well-known local attorney. I had pulled Tim's state criminal record and on close inspection, it was clear daddy was bailing him out throughout life. Assault charges, dropped DUI, pled to traffic violation, possession, pled to an infraction. Tim decided to come after me. His first move was to call the federal division that oversees my grants and report fraud. They launched an investigation. My records were 1000% immaculate. They called him into a meeting and his proof of fraud was oh, he felt that the bridges should have been a lower priority and the money would be better spent elsewhere. So the fraud was misuse of funds. But the grant specs were followed precisely him? He had tried to divert funds and I had stopped him. I had written evidence. The project he would accused me on was the literal poster child for success and was included in a slideshow to the legislator on the success of the grant program. The feds and city powers were livid for wasting time. I had reams of perfect documentation. He was yelled out of the building. Then he filed a wrongful termination suit. He told his daddy about all the apparent mistreatment and his dad filed. I contacted the city attorney and dumped hundreds and hundreds of pages of documentation with the summary in his email. I was in city hall when daddy attorney came slinking out of the legal department apologizing for his idiot son. I heard from a mutual friend that Daddy gave Tim a thorough reaming and withdrew the financial support that he had allowed him to live on part-time. He's doing better today, but right around that time, his wife discovered his ongoing affair. The mistress got pregnant, and things got rough. Hard time with grammar and interacting with adults. Yeah, I feel you there. I definitely have that problem too. (laughs) Anyway, our next story is in from Salik the Cruel, someone took my parking spot, so they got blocked in all afternoon. Right, here's the context. I work at a hospital as a lab technician. Our hospital site is near the city centre and is quite old, so there's no real parking lot and not many parking spaces available. Between students, patients, hospital workers and people coming and going for different reasons, it's nearly impossible to find a spot after 8am. Since I work in a small team, only four, and the evening shift is also on call for any emergency, we have one reserved parking spot. There's a sign saying it's only four on-call lab technicians from our department, and there's a chain with a padlock in front of it. It's located between a fence and another building's wall right next to our lab. There is another team in the lab, and we sometimes let them use the parking spot when we have others available, or when we come using public transport, but otherwise we don't share. So, the story. A few weeks ago, I started doing the evening shifts, usually from 10pm to 7pm, but it can last much longer. I was also on call, so I took my car to the lab. I arrived one morning near to 9.45, went to the reserved parking spot, but the chain was down and the spot was taken. At first I thought it was just someone from the other team, but I didn't agree to share the spot with anyone and I didn't recognise the car. So I decided to park just in front of it, horizontally so that my car wouldn't be on the road. That way the other car was stuck between the wall, the fence and my car. At first, I was thinking I would move it, as soon as I found the colleague, and he agreed to let me have my spot. But it turns out the car didn't belong to anyone from the lab. One tech had witnessed by the window a lady parking in the spot around 9.40. When he opened the window to tell her not to park there, she just said, I'm in a hurry, I won't be long, and left walking fast. I checked if there was a phone number left under the windshield that I could call, but nothing. So we decided, you know what, my car is fine where it is, it's not on the road, it leaves enough room for sidewalk pedestrians to be safe to get around, and it's only blocking her. I don't have time to go find another parking spot at this hour, which would probably be at the end of the hospital site. Plus, I have a sticker on my car saying it can park at some places in the hospital for emergencies. And so the day went on. I had almost forgotten about it until 4pm when someone called the secretary. The lab's phone number was on the sticker. It was a lady wondering why there was a car parked in front of her. Turns out she was also a hospital worker from another department who had arrived late to work and couldn't find a place to park, so she took the chains down and parked there. No idea how she got rid of the padlock, but it was old and weathered, so, you know, it might have just broken. She had just finished. I won't be long my ass and now she wanted to leave but couldn't first the secretary a nice woman but not known for her calm temper berated her by the phone then she connected the lady to our phone where a colleague did pretty much the same next another colleague went out to check on my car according to said colleague she looked relieved as she thought he was going to move my car he just told her it was illegal for her to park there and now she had to wait for me or we'd call to have her car towed. Meanwhile, I was in the middle of a complex procedure that required to be in a white room, you know, a sterilized room with controlled atmosphere and sterilized blouse and everything else, so I couldn't just leave what I was doing. So she waited. And she called twice more to complain that she needed to leave. And twice she got berated by my colleagues until one of them told her to stop or they'd involve the hospital security and actually get her towed. In the end, I got out of the white room at 5.30pm. My colleagues and I thought it was enough, so I changed myself as slowly as possible, took the time to get everything in order, and let everyone know in the building I was going out for five minutes, and finally got out. She was visibly pissed as fuck because it was almost 5.45, But the threat to get her car towed might have stuck because she didn't say anything except a passive-aggressive, thank you. By the time she could get out, it was almost 5.50pm and she waited a little less than two hours. Could have been a lot worse since I finished my shift at about 7.30 that evening. So far, no one else has parked on the spot except for us. Well guys, next up is another parking one. In from dogs, welcome, no people. Handicapped spaces are about accessibility, not convenience. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I have all the oh, I don't
1: care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going?
0: I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia.
1: Let's do it. Goes a long way. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little way rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont+. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI.
0: Many years ago, my daughter's been fussy all day long. My wife was ready to pull her own hair out. Therefore, I took my daughter with me to the store. She was very young and pretty with the cutest little purple wheelchair secondary to spina bifida. We get to the store unload her wheelchair from the chevy suburban she climbs down into said chair and off we go after shopping is done we're back at the suburban reversing the process to load her up and stow the chair as i am loading said chair dude pulls up next to me in a new corvette still with paper tags on it convertible containing dude and his trophy significant other I casually mention that he's pulled into a row of handicapped spaces without a handicap tag or placard. He says, yeah, I know, and saunters off to the shop with his significant other. Well, <sighs> I'm a little pissed at this moment, but I don't want to damage such a beautiful car. Then an evil four enters my brain. I go to the cart storage just in front of where we're parked. I put carts in a loose formation around his car. Security comes out, but just watches. An off-duty city cop also comes out and also just watches. I proceed to put several layers of carts tightly packed together 360 degrees around his car. I approach the guard and city cop and explain the dude was using a handicap space for convenience and not due to accessibility. They both crack up laughing at this point. Cop says he hopes he complains, because he'll write him a ticket. I laughed quite a bit over this, and frankly, still do every now and then. I'm pretty sure I've seen photos of this on the internet somewhere. It, it, the image comes to mind. Maybe it's happened more than once. If you got a minute and want to see something funny, look up uh, Cartnox. <laughs> anyway, next story is from Snagleradio. My ex cheated. So I refunded a gift and now she's livid. My ex broke up with me just about a year into us dating. In hindsight, she was awful, but I was blind to it all. She broke up with me over the phone, which seemed a little informal from all the time we'd spent together. Fast forward a week after that, several individuals connected to her but not each other, Confirmed she was in fact seeing another man I didn't confront her about it because I realised that things just don't work out sometimes It was just the way she went about it that irked me I'm old enough, late 30s, to accept that people were just assholes But I also felt like she was getting away with something without feeling even a bit of remorse The breakup was the only contact, no calls or texts occurred after that over a year ago I remembered for Christmas that I bought her, or us, a really expensive couples massage spa package because she always said how she wanted to do something like that. I'd purchased some big package from a local place that cost roughly $600. I obviously didn't have the certificate with me. I decided to go to the spa and make up a story about how I lost the certificate. I showed them the receipt, always keep those, and showed them my credit card charge. They wound up reissuing me a gift card and cancelling the other. That was over a year ago, and frankly, I forgot about it. Until today, when I got a call from her. First contact since we broke up, and she's screaming at me over the phone that the gift certificate is no longer good and that the spa had accused her of stealing and what a piece of shit I was for reporting it to be such. I called the guy. He said he told her it was reported stolen. I just politely explained I didn't think she was deserving of it and if she really wanted to she could just have Mark the dude she's banging pay for a new one. I then hung up. Gonna make an appointment to use that card with my new girlfriend soon. Mission accomplished.
1: Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Jumba Casino coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. True terrors of horror. Bizarre happenings. Unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed